Welcome everybody to the Spiral Marketing Show. We have a great episode for you today with a guest I will introduce momentarily to you. He is making his second appearance on the show. And uh, this topic is very interesting in that it's been pervasive in various industries to be agile. And that can mean a number of different things to different people, different organizations, different verticals. So we'll get into that. And I think that after this episode, you will come away with better ways to be more nimble and agile within your organization, within your work, and maybe beyond. So enjoy. All right. So Greg Kilstrom, welcome back to the show. Oh, thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. So Greg, I've known a long time, a great guy, and uh, he's done a lot of great work for the industry. He is an author. He's an executive at the Yes And Agency, and uh, he uh, his bio is... Uh, is outstanding. He's been a president for various parts of the American Advertising Federation, formerly the DC Ad Club, locally and uh, regionally. So I'll let you add color to that. But on top of that, he has written a few books and uh, a series that has to do with Agile. We are going to be talking about the Agile brand today, right? Yeah. Perfect. Any other details that you think are kind of important for context in terms of your background and bio? Um, sure. So I, I started a, a digital agency called Carousel 30 um, now probably about 15 years ago that got acquired by YesEnd uh, last year. So um, Congratulations. Then, oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, so I come from the agency world. So, you know, a kind of a combination of creative marketing and technology and um that has certainly fed into, you know, the ideas in the book of, um, you know, being agile from a number of different perspectives. And certainly um, there's some aspects of branding in there, some aspects of marketing, advertising, all of those types of things. Um, and in addition to uh, my role at the agency, I'm also chair of the National Innovation Committee for the American Advertising Federation. So that's a it's a new committee uh, by that organization. It's a national committee. So really um, working to um, teach, you know, innovative um, approaches, principles, technologies, all of those things to the national membership of AAF. Outstanding. Outstanding. And why Agile and why now? Sure, sure. So I think, as you mentioned earlier, there's a lot of talk about Agile just in general. Um, you know, it could be everything from, you know, Agile has its its roots in manufacturing and software. So certainly, you know, people in those practices have been doing it for years. But um, more recently, um, Agile marketing has really, you know, taken off. And I think a lot of marketers have been practicing it, even though they haven't been calling it by that name. Um, simply the idea of being iterative, continually optimizing and you know, things like better access to data, better access to real-time information, data, all of those types of things make stuff like that easier. Um, I think even more recently, um, Agile has kind of made its way into um, business and business organization, HR, all of those types of areas where companies understand and, and are starting to realize that in order to survive, they need to be able to survive um, disruption. So, you know, everything from the obvious disruption that happens in industries like banking or, you know, the taxi industry by Uber and, uh, you know, things like that. Um, but even on a much smaller scale of 
disruption with employees wanting to work from home or having more flexible, you know, teleworking and all of that. So, you know, really just companies needing to understand that, um, you know, being agile is not, again, just a software thing that the, the IT team needs to understand. It's really everywhere throughout the organization it comes into play. And so my, my most recent book, The Agile Brand, talks about that in, in, uh, in terms of branding. And so, you know, a lot of people that have been doing branding for a long time, um, they're, you know, it's a little bit of a weird juxtaposition because, you know, some of branding is, you know, your values shouldn't change overnight and, you know, they shouldn't be subject to, you know, to, to changes in market and, and all of those things. You should always stay true to your values. But there are a lot of things about markets, audiences, all of those, all of those things that should shift and should be, you know, should iterate over time. Um, just as markets change and, and things. So that's, you know, that's that's where I'm going with that. Um, and, you know, it's been interesting to hear, um, you know, some great feedback, some great questions, some great counterpoints even from people that, um, you know, just are either either they're, they know the Agile principles very well or perhaps they're, you know, it's relatively new to them and, and you know, having some nice challenging questions. And things oh, like that. love it. Yeah. I also really liked that phrase to survive disruption yeah that's yeah. a very compelling value <laughs> proposition <laughs> thanks yeah yeah it, it, it's uh, and you know like i said it's not just um it's not just um the the big well-known industries that are facing this it's really everyone everywhere is you know if if they haven't experienced disruption yet they will okay yeah that makes sense well uh, not to uh, borrow from other people's interviews in order to to hack mine. But uh, what I'm curious, legitimately, from the differing perspectives, what have been some of the interesting questions that you've got, like maybe from some of the more techie folks, some of the more basic, yeah. uh, unrelated genres? Yeah, I mean, I think from the from the technical folks, it's um, one question that comes up often is, you know, when we're talking about agile branding, are we are we actually um, you know, talking about having scrum masters, like you were saying earlier, you know, right. are we actually, you know, is, is the branding team going to have a scrum master and are we doing everything, you know, according to strict agile methodology, because there, you know, for, for software, for manufacturing, there is a very, you know, strict set of terms. There's a couple of different approaches, but, um, you know, my, my definition of it for branding is really, is not so, um, strict along those guidelines, it's really, it's more a philosophy and it's a way of thinking. And, you know, when you can apply things that have been tried and true and, and tested in other, in other fields like software or manufacturing, sure, like go ahead and do that. But it's really more about being adaptive about, um, and, and also being methodical about, you know, it's, it's great that we have access to all this data and real time stuff. Um, but, the the danger is to be overly reactive to it without without thinking about it. So you know it's in the, on the one hand it's it's being nimble. On the other hand, it's actually waiting a little bit, being methodical about okay we're gonna we're gonna wait for three weeks to listen to what's happening and then we're going to make an, a recommendation. So I think the 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 nice part about it, it it's it's a compromise between okay we're gonna make a marketing plan and let it run for twelve months and then see how it goes, which is not exactly how it was done for decades, but kind of how it was done for decades. And and now it's okay. We're gonna do. We're gonna adjust in smaller increments, but we're not just gonna adjust overnight because things didn't work well for the last twenty four hours. We're gonna be methodical and and thoughtful about 
when, when, how, and why we're going to um, change things. Love it. Love it. That makes perfect sense. And uh, yeah, thank you for bringing up the more technical question that I'd asked during the pre-show <laughs> that that's kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we should probably pull back just a little bit and give some definitions uh, sure. for those who have maybe heard the term agile, but don't really know what that means. Uh, can you give kind of the the standard definition in a sentence or two, and then maybe how you think of it in context. Yeah, yeah. So I think um, one way to look at it is to compare it to the alternative. So, um, and you know, to go back to to software development days. So there, there was this, um, the, or there still is a methodology um, called the software development life cycle. Um, so what that is is commonly referred to as a waterfall process, which means there are, are a series of steps. In order to get to one step, you have to finish the last step. So, um, you know, it is a very, it's a fairly rigid process of, um, you know, you go from one stage to the next. Uh, you don't, if you need to change something, um, you know, massively once you get halfway through the project, though, it will require you to go in some sense back all the way from the start to to finish again. So, in other words. If you're building a website, for instance, and you know you go through a planning planning phase, a design phase, and a build phase, if you get to the build phase and all of a sudden you realize you kind of screwed up with the planning phase, you can't just make some minor changes. A lot of times, you actually have to go back and and plan because you, you your original plan was messed up from the beginning. In other words, so right, it's this whole idea of things are so rigid and and regimented that in a lot of cases that makes a lot of sense. You know, when you're building rockets and doing very complex tasks with teams around the world and and there is no room for error whatsoever. You know, it makes a lot of sense to do things in this way. And there's a lot of things that are still built this way, but in a world where there are uh, there are constant changes where software plays a big role in things which can be updated easily when access to information um, you know is is more real time when markets can change almost overnight right you need to have a more nimble process of uh, which is the agile process, which would be, you know, let's let's start small. Let's let's focus on quick wins, low hanging fruit, all of those types of things. Let's build something which, you know, a minimum viable product, basically. Let's get that out into the market and let's see what happens. Sure. Um, and I think that, you know, that that certainly applies in the software world, but it applies in marketing. It, you know, get something out in market. Um, see how see how consumers react to it and then modify it over time. And you know what I what I've been as I've been researching and I'm working on the follow up um, to to the agile brand, which is called the agile consumer, which is nice. really thinking about everything not from the brand perspective but from the consumer's uh, perspective. And the average consumer is getting more and more okay with being part of a development process. So in other words, when they're part of the development of a product, when they get when they're able able to give feedback or even crowdfunding things or all of that, they're so bought into the process that this whole idea of months and years of planning a product rollout to be just perfect becomes less critical than getting consumer buy-in from the first you know in the first place. So it's it's really this shift in in a lot of things, but it's it's a shift in really mentality of. Let's get something, you know, it, it has to work. It has to be good, all of that. Don't just throw stuff out there that, that is crap or whatever. But <laughs> it's, it's, it's less important to have the final version of the product, the, you know, the ideal product than it is 
to have something that people are willing to try and give feedback on and, and so on and so forth. Sure. That's great. That's, that's helpful. I, oh, it's similar to the lean startup method, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it, I, I, it's a circle, the process where you would have a plan, you research, you build, you test, and then you just continue to iterate through. Yeah. Exactly. Something to that effect, right? Yeah. Perfect. Okay. Well, that's helpful. In terms of who we're speaking to most clearly, who? How do you see that? In for, let's start with the agile brand. Sure. Sure. So, um, I think the you know there's a lot of wonderful books about branding, and I wasn't trying to write a book about branding because I think um, you know. I've kind of gotten into this whole industry in a in a sort of weird sideways way. I feel like, but um, so I am not. I don't claim because to be you a, started as a designer. I started that fifteen years ago. Yeah, whenever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as a designer, I worked for a tech startup. You know, back in the early early two thousands, um, learned a lot about marketing um, and digital marketing back in the day. You know, pre social media, all of those types of things, and really just kind of fell in love with working with design, marketing, and technology all kind of combined. And that's really, you know, why I started an agency around those things. Love it. Um, but, you know, again, I don't, I'm I'm not a, for, a classically trained brand guy, you know, so to speak, but I really wrote a book for marketers who are trying to understand, um, because I think, you know, branding is falling more and more on, I think there's, um, branding is falling more and more on marketers and not only on marketers, but other employees within an organization. So, I mean, you know, a, a, a true brand speaks, you know, it, it's everybody's responsibility in the entire organization. So, you know, trying to speak to marketers and, and others within an organization to, to, you know, show them this, this new idea of branding and really this, this dynamic of the brand consumer relationship, which I think is continually evolving to be, um, more and more equal. So I think, you know, brands at first had all of the power of, you know, there, when there's three products that in the world that do what someone needs, those three brands have a lot of power over consumers because if you don't choose one of those three, you just don't get them, right? Right, so, they got the monopoly. Exactly. So, you know, as time goes on, there are, you know, most definitely monopolies in the world, but there are so many more options consumers get have more power over over those brands because they have more options to choose and they have more um, agency in and of themselves to choose and and go elsewhere and even you know make some of these things themselves so that's that's some of what I'm I don't want to spoil the, the new book or whatever but that's some <laughs> of the things that I'm, I'm exploring a lot more there is just how that power dynamic shifts and in the future how that will continue to shift even more to you know where, where consumers actually have a lot more power love it it's interesting and it, it's clear that that's becoming more prevalent. You, as, as we all use our smartphones and we use various apps and we share our experiences, it becomes important to recognize that we do have more power as consumers. And then as marketers, if we don't listen to the power that's being wielded by our consumers, then we're really missing the boat and begging for disruption. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's a few things that, you know, kind of rules of, of agile branding I go over in the book. And, you know, a, a big one is, you know, to, you know, first of all, listen to your, you know, listen to your customers, don't just broadcast at them. And I think, you know, 
social media takes a lot of credit for that whole dynamic, but there's a lot of things going on. You know, like I mentioned, the whole crowdfunding aspect of, you know, brands like GE, for instance, are have a, an entire division or um, company within them that are completely crowdfunded products. Like GE doesn't need money from consumers to start making products. They do that to get buy-in from from customers and and stuff like that and that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um and another, you know, another principle that I go over is um uh just how um you know, you need to stay true to your values and no matter no matter what. And I think, you know, there's some great examples of of that recently, you know, Nike, Starbucks, a few others have, you know, big brands that really don't need to take a stand on you know, Starbucks is still going to sell coffee whether they take a stand on social issues or not, but they choose to do that anyway because it is part of their values. And I think, you know, that that goes a long way. It might alienate a few people, but um, they know who their core customers are and 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 do that. And, you know, I think the, the third one is really to always remember that, you know, long-term customers are really the goal and solving problems is the goal. You know, selling products is is a byproduct of solving a, a real challenge that a customer has. And when, when companies really understand that, they have long-term customers. Excellent. Well, you I know you've been touring this around a little bit. What's been the most exciting part of this whole process for you? Yeah, so I think, um, you know, it's, it's my second book, but I gotta say it's the first one that I've really tried promoting. Um, at a at a bigger level, and and you know, so I I you know obviously I published the book, I self published, um, and that was kind of an interesting process in and of itself. Was it a thumbs up situation or a thumbs down? Uh, thumbs up. I mean, I would nice. say the, the next one I'm self publishing as well. Mm -hmm. I'll leave it to the fates. You know what what I do with the fourth one, let's say. But um, but yeah, no, I, I like it. You know, I've t I spoke with a lot of people that have done both ways, and. Um, pretty much everyone that I talked to said self-publishing is the way to go. Um, there are certainly benefits to getting published, but yeah, sorry, um, pub sorry, publishers. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Oh, uh, you know, I mean, uh, call me, you know, but uh, <laughs> right. but uh, um, you know, the the other interesting thing was just the the this the promotional tour, and I, I hadn't done that before. I've you know I've done plenty of public speaking, but mm -hmm. it's often been around a very specific topic for each you know conference or or event that I went to and, and spoke about, but. This is the first time where I've really, um, you know, gone and really kind of toured throughout the the East Coast, um, and I'm gonna get back out in a few weeks and, and do some more um, of that this year. But um, you know, it's it's been interesting, kind of giving the same talk um, to a variety of different audiences. You know, everything from college students to professional organizations to uh, you know national conferences, and you know, to kind of just see the reaction and. The different types of questions that you get and all of that and you know that certainly taught me a lot about not only promoting a book but really about the 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 act of speaking and i feel like i'm hopefully getting to be a better speaker because of you know through practice and, and stuff like that so that's that's been very interesting absolutely fantastic yeah i can there's a big difference and you were great the first episode <laughs> you were it was just we you it's so different interviewing somebody who has written a book because you've thought through the concepts that you want to articulate so much more clearly that it makes a much bigger difference. Also, there's less of an inclination for somebody who's written a book to have feel the need to self-promote because hopefully mm -hmm. the content does enough of that that it provides enough value that it that it just works and. Oh. 
brings people through and uh, it's very articulate. So I, I, I tip my bonnet to you, good, good <laughs> sir. <laughs> Thanks. No, that's, that's interesting to hear. Yeah. I mean, I think the, you know, it's kind of like, uh, so I use writing as a way to teach myself sometimes too. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I think the, it's interesting that you, you mentioned that the, you know, the thing about people that have written books, because I felt even after I wrote the book, it really wasn't, and this probably sounds terrible, but it, it really wasn't until I had to explain the book to someone that I really kind of fully understood what I was trying to say. So, you know, I, I wrote, the, you know, I had a thesis statement and, and all that. I obviously worked all that stuff out, but it was really trying to come up with that two paragraphs of what am I going to put on Amazon.com to describe this book that really summarized the ideas because there's you know there's you know a couple hundred pages there's a lot of thoughts there even if they're cohesive and coherent there's a lot of different thoughts kind of expressed in that on those pages so it's um you know and then being being kind of forced to explain it in one sentence at a conference or you know in front of people that makes it even more succinct and and kind of um yeah that's that's been an interesting thing all all in itself so now you know writing the third book i'm thinking of that from the start you know, instead of instead of kind of as an afterthought, it's maybe some of this is just book 101. But again, I'm not even a writer by <laughs> by training, so it's it's kind of it's kind of interesting how how life happens, I guess. It is. Well, it's it sounds like a great growth experience, and. Um, <clears throat> You say you're not a writer, but uh, I know you've been published in Forbes and you've been published, you know, you name it. He, he's been published in many, many different locations and different publications. So in terms of growth, since this is a show for marketing and for marketers, can you talk about the difference between touring versus not touring? Sure. So um, I think the, you know, Having having a I guess having a book in in general is a product to sell, and so it makes it so much easier to promote. And I think the the interesting thing for me was you know I, I owned an agency for you know a little over a decade, um, and there was always this idea of should I promote Carousel Thirty, my agency at the time, or should I promote Greg? You know, right. and as the owner, there was always this weird kind of pull of, well, you know, I, I own this company, I really need to promote it. And, you know, so I think the, the luxury that I have right now and, you know, the agency I work for, Yes End, are phenomenal about supporting me in, you know, and, and allowing me to do this is really, I have the benefit of being able to really work on a personal brand. And, you know, so that in and of itself is, is, is interesting. I think having a book means that I have a, I mean, in this case, I have a physical thing that I can promote, but I, I have a thing and a product that I can promote, which makes it so much easier to say, okay, well, you know, I wanna, I wanna come into, into town and speak with your audience and I'm gonna talk about this. And, you know, instead of just saying, I wanna talk about marketing, it's like, I wanna talk about what's on these, you know, 187 pages in this book. <laughs> and, you know, it's a lot more tangible to them. So it's a lot, it's a lot easier for someone to say yes or no, you know, depending on if they like the book or not, but it's a lot easier for them to know what they're getting and, and stuff like that. So, I mean, from a promotional aspect, it just, it makes it so much easier to do. It's not that, you know, there's plenty of people that have phenomenal ideas, but unless you can help someone truly understand what those are, 
it's, you know, the, I work with a lot of clients, you know, clients always want to know what you're going to give them before they pay you to do it. Right. So that's the, <laughs> right. the paradox of being a consultant, I think is, you know, is, is that. So in a sense, having a book is a, is something where they can say, okay, well, I know, I know what this is about because I can see it on these pages. So it's, um, so yeah. Love it. Yeah. That, that's great. I think in terms of marketing results, it's the, it sounds almost like the difference between just creating a product and then not doing anything versus creating a product and then creating campaigns around it that run regularly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, I think about what would I, it, for my personal brand, it would be hard to keep just promoting myself without something to, without a kind of a proxy of like, the, this is why you should pay attention to this. So now, you know, having that kind of thing. It's like, cause I'm not selling consulting services for myself. I might sell, um, you know, marketing services or things for yes. And, but mm -hmm. for my own personal brand, there's not a thing, there's not a service that I'm selling or anything like that. So it's really, you know, it's, it's something that I can talk about that, you know, that people can get more value from cause I can't talk, I can't have conversations with literally everyone out there. So, um, so it's, you know, it's just a way for them to, for me to offer something to other people. Love it. Yeah. Better to have a billboard for something rather than just a, a billboard for Greg or for Carl <laughs> with the, the thumbs up. Like, <laughs> right. Come talk to us. <laughs> right. Well, and I mean, yeah, that's why you doing this podcast. It's like, that is something that everyone can get something out of. And I mean, that, that kind of speaks to what I was saying earlier, which is it's solving a problem or solving a challenge. People have questions. People have questions about marketing. Marketers have questions about marketing all the time. And, Absolutely. you know, even if you work with a great team, when you work with a team all the time, you're going to get the same answers from them because you both, you all have a shared experience. So, you know, how do we, you know, some of us network and join organizations and, and all of that is great. But, the, you know, sometimes, you know, it's just nice to be able to read something, listen to something, all of that, that can, you know, either answer some of the questions that you, you know, or that you have uh, questions about, or just give you new ideas that you never really thought of, or maybe put words to things that you've thought of, but didn't really articulate yet. Absolutely. Absolutely. we got to provide value. There's a David Ogilvy quote, I might mess it up a little bit, but it's something to the effect of, advertising in its best form is insightful. Yeah. And yeah. Like we, we want to provide value. We want to be insightful. If we're not solving a problem, then no, there's not really any reason for us to be speaking. Uh, so yeah. I, I appreciate that. That's very helpful. Okay. So before we start to wrap up, do you have any favorite stories of agile in play or not? Um, I mean, personally, not so much, but I mean, I, you know, a, a, an example that I use in the book mm -hmm. of a, a brand that I feel like has done a, a phenomenal job of staying agile is Netflix. And, you know, so I, I go into, into depth in, in the book about it, but, you know, really thinking about how many times has Netflix disrupted another industry and, and, you know, a lot of companies, they get like one and then they kind of, they kind of plateau and, and stuff like that. So, you know, Netflix completely disrupted Blockbuster and oh, yeah. the entire, I mean, video rental, it, you know, I guess there's, there's still the red box or whatever thing, but you know, I, I haven't used DVDs in year, you know, I don't even think about stuff like that personally. So, you know, I've, I've almost forgotten about, I think there's maybe one Blockbuster left in the world or something, but right, um, it's privately owned or something. Right, right. So, you know, they did that. Blockbuster rest in peace. <laughs> right. 
So they did that, but you know, and a lot of companies would just like, okay, we nailed it. Like, let's just, you know, let's, we'll make money off DVDs, mail order, all that stuff, you know, but then they realized that, okay, well, the internet is a little like immature, but you know, we're going to get into streaming and let's, we're going to double down and invest in all of that. And sure enough, you know, that is, that is their business now. Um, and then, you know, didn't even sit on that and, you know, started investing in original programming and, and are basically disrupting network television, cable television, all of those types of things. So, you know, I mean, in a course of about 20 years, they've disrupted three times and Amazing. hopefully, you know, for them, they will keep it up and, and continue to do that. But, you know, I think it's a it's a lesson in, you know, it's not just enough that Uber disrupted once, but how are they going to continue to stay relevant um, in, and, and if they don't, someone will disrupt them. Right. Isn't that interesting to come up with a full life cycle and continuous life cycle of disrupting? Yeah. 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 That's sets your imagination in motion. Very cool. Okay. So are there any things that you've said on tour that have really risen to the top that seem to resonate well with people? Um, I mean, I think the, the main thing is, is kind of what I was already saying of the, you know, the, the main purpose of doing branding well is to make sure that you understand your, your customers' challenges and that you're solving those problems first. And, you know, um, selling products is secondary and it will happen if you prove your, your value first. Outstanding. Okay. Is there anything else you'd like to add, Greg? Um, no, no, I, you know, thanks for having me. really appreciate it. Like that I'm on here second time and would love to come back. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you got that third book coming. So I know, I know. Be a nice excuse. Well, <laughs> fantastic. The, the last question that I want to make sure that I ask is where can people go to learn more about you and to reach you? Sure, sure. So I have a website, gregkillstrom.com. Um, there's a lot of consonants in my name, so it can sometimes be a uh, Hard to hard to spell, but um, you know, search for the Agile brand. Um, the book's available on Amazon, iTunes, a lot of places. So you know, pretty pretty easy to find. But you know, search the Agile brand or Greg Kilstrom, and um, yeah. And as always, of course, we'll have you on the show notes page on spiralmarketing.com. So we'll, we'll have all those links there for everyone. Great. And uh, perfect. Well, thanks so much for being on the show. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. All right, everyone. Well, I hope that you really enjoyed this episode of Spiral Marketing and uh, that you will be a little bit more agile after today. Cheers. Cheers.